0: Mike, check, Mike, check, Mike, check. One of Master's podcast. your host main of course. A special guest across me, man. Um, I'm under the weather, so forgive my voice. But now I do want to ask you: Is it Dominique or Dominic? Dominique. Dominique. Okay, Dominique Bond. Yep. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, real quick, I do want to ask you, like, um, this, and this is the first question I got. Did you, when you like growing up, did you feel any way like? With your name being Dominique, that's like a unisex name, mm-hmm. so, so to speak. Did that make you feel away, or you didn't care? Like, did you ever get like somebody ever said, that's a girl name, that's a boy name, or not? Not really.
1: I was cool with it, man. For the most part, um, my dad named me after Dominique Wilkins, mm. so you know, I, he was a big basketball fan. Um, so I was, I was okay with it. But you know, you had some people who was like, you know, that's that's a girl's name, or I know girls who had that name, or you know, you spell it the girl way or so forth. But man, for the most part, I was I was pretty secure with my name.
0: That's what's up. I was just curious, cause like, I think about, you know, people like uh, Danielle or Daniel, I don't mm-hmm. know, like, it's so many, but Dominique is probably the most, I'm not allowed to me, it's the most, like, it's unisex, but it's like, if I see a guy named Dominique, I don't think about it, you know? Yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. But it's not until you realize, like, I'm trying to type your name in Facebook, and then like women popping up as well. So I'm like, oh, I wonder how you feel about that, so. I always wondered that though, like did people get teased and did, did it bother you when, you when you were growing up? No,
1: it was cool, but then you had some people who was used to calling women Dominique. Gotcha. So they'll give me like, they'll say Neek or they'll say Dom, Yeah, Damo. You, you get that sometimes.
0: You watch you watch Power at all? No, I only seen like a few episodes. Nah, I was gonna say cause Neek is like a cool name right now cause yeah. of the
1: <laughs> Yeah, so Neek Neek, my, my mom used to always call me Neek Neek, got that you. was my nickname.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm glad I start off that way, so. Obviously, my voice is not there, but I'm not going to lie. No, we had this. So I've been saying this, and I've been running this thing for a long time. So forgive me, but I've been telling people, like, it's it's very possible to have podcasts two, three years in the making. Yeah. I know that people, when I say it, people think I'm lying. I don't know why. Never had to lie on a podcast, but people have feel, that way, feel like feel that way, feel that way for whatever reason. But I went back to our messages, and, like, pretty much every year, the top of the year, since about 2021, I've been like, hey, I want to get and do a podcast with you. I want to do a podcast with you, right? So we've been building it, and I, I know we canceled the first two times. So I was like, "Now nah, today, I got to do it." I, I drank some tea. I said, "I'm going I'm, I'm get it. I'm getting it in today."
1: Yeah, man, and uh, shout, shout out to you, bro, because it, it definitely has grown. Um, I think you know you develop a, a space for people to feel comfortable, and I think that's a big thing, you know, because when people get interviewed, and when people tell about their about their life. And that's, that's very, very personal. You know what I'm saying? People have to feel comfortable definitely. to share things like that or it won't, it won't be an experience for your listeners. You know what I'm saying? So I think
0: you've been doing a good job with that. Hey man, I appreciate you saying that definitely. Um, that's always the goal. The goal is always to like, you know, grow and, and show. Like I told you off air, um, my main thing with Modern Masters is to show people that the different types of people and the different types of services and just dynamics we have to offer or we go through yeah. here. And I think when I have a guest on, whether it's 1%, a, a, a fraction of a percent, or 10%, you represent a percentage of that here. Right. So um, let's get started, man. Um, so I always start a podcast off, I always ask the guests, like, tell me about their life, I'm coming up. So like, where you from when you was born? Like, tell me your family dynamic, upbringing, you the first, the, the oldest, the middle child, like.
1: Yeah, so I was born in Germany. My, my, both my parents were in the military, they was in the army, uh, we moved around a lot. Um, for the most part, on average, I, I lived in different states for about three years. We we'll move. Um, I'm the oldest of two. Um, my younger brother is three years younger than me. Dante Bond. Um, again, both my parents served in the military, mm. and my dad um, did I think about 26 years. You oh know? wow! So um, clap it up for him,
0: man. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So, um, tell me about that. Like, how was that growing up in the military fa- family? Like, I hear stories. I don't know. It has its, its pros and it's cons, strict. man.
1: I mean, it has its pros and cons. It's cool to move around and see different places and see different cultures. Um, we lived in Hawaii for three years. That was a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you get an accent? The accent does change. You know, when you when you Ooh. move, <laughs> it actually does. You know, so when I moved to when I moved from Hawaii to Louisiana, they, they could tell that, okay, he ain't from here, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then when I moved from Louisiana to Georgia, I was like, nah, his accent a, a tad different, you know? But then my accent changed again, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But for the most part, it was, it was a decent experience. But on the, on the flip side, you know, dad being in the military, he was going a lot, um, had different tours and different missions and so forth. Uh, so I would like growing up that he was around more often. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but other than that, it was <coughs> good for the most part.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep expounding on that, but you did bring up something. Like I was telling you earlier, the, the child part made me ask more questions. Because um, you mentioned something just now and I don't want to skip over it, but we, it's, it's talked about a lot when a kid grows up without their father or when the kid uh, doesn't know their father. Um, but, you know, people act like when you grow up with both parents, that this always peaches and cream, you right. know what I'm saying? Like everything is just perfect because you got both parents in the household. But here, you tell you know you're saying like I do wish he was around more. Um, how did that feel? And then like like I, it's not like one of those situations where you could blame the parent for just not being there because mm-hmm. obviously he was taking care of his family. He had a, a job to do. Um, have you ever spoke about that? And like, what's that conversation like between y'all two?
1: Yeah, we we do have. Sometimes we have conversations and my My dad did what he understood to be right, you mm. know what I'm saying. I think for men, you know one of the primary things that we want to focus on is being a financial provider. I think sometimes we kind of lose track on the importance of being emotionally present and um in some cases being physically present um but it would it I grew up privileged but at the same time it would have been helpful for him to be around in those moments where i needed a male perspective Mm. or um you know when you was in school how did you handle this type of issue um as a boy as a man and so forth so that would have been helpful you know what i'm saying um it would have been helpful for him to be at more sporting games that i played in um in just other situations that i just needed my father to to provide some more guidance
0: you know so did you ever like uh and it was like a thing now in social media but did you ever like one of the supporter events or a, an event where you were doing something and like he came and surprised you or like oh, you never had that before even
1: Oh, uh, there were some moments where he surprised me you know what i'm saying but um there were, for the most part um i knew that he was going to be there mm. um if I had a basketball game or a football game and he was able to be there he wanted to make sure that
0: he was on see his son you know what i'm saying so how do you think that shaped you like as far as like um i don't don't know if you have kids in that but when you go through fatherhood or um as a man now like how did that shape your perspective on like what a man is supposed to do because you you clearly seen a man growing Mm -hmm. up you had that role model you had that figure um but it was a version of a man that you maybe want to change or you know alter or some tweaks and things like that, like most of us do. Um, whereas I guess some people don't have it at all and they're just kind of figuring it out. How did that change your perspective um, growing up as far as like, when I get old, I want to do this, that he did, but I want to do it this way.
1: You realize early how important it is just to be present. Um, just how important your physical presence is. Um, means to a child you know what i'm saying so i'm not a father right now but i I do understand that it's important to just be around it's important to um give that support that that positive encouragement and so forth um so you realize real early how how
0: important it is and
1: how much it means to you
0: um so talk about talk a little about your mom um like what 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 did she provide for you? Like, what was, what was that dynamic like? Cause she was in the military too, right? Yeah.
1: So my mom did- That seemed rough, Jesus. Both. Yeah, my mom did about seven years in the military. She ran a daycare <laughs> for a little while. Uh, she did some other jobs, but she was fortunate enough to be more present than my, um, than my dad. And my mom was one of those ones to where if I needed her to be there, she was gonna be there. She was very affectionate, very loving. Um, and she was just willingness to do whatever as a mother.
0: That's dope, man. Um, it's always good to get that balance in, in parenthood as well. So even though you got a, a dad who's a man, man, and doing the way he know how, probably whatever he seen prior to or what yeah. he didn't see prior to. Um, well, that's a real quick question. How's that? How, how was your dad's dad? And like, Do you know him? Or?
1: My dad's dad was not present. Mm. Um, my dad, my dad's dad, So, my dad was basically not raised by his father, but Mm. then there was a time, I think I was maybe like third, fourth grade, where he was finally able to, we was about to move to Hawaii, and we had an opportunity to meet some of his sisters, his other sisters and brothers that I have not met, or he doesn't necessarily have a relationship with, and Basically, when he went to go meet him, uh, he didn't really want anything to do with him. Mm. So that that kind of hit him hard. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if he's if my grandfather is still alive. Uh, I know how he looks, but I do want to know. You know, and now that I'm talking to you, that that reminds me that I got some more work to do. Right, you know, in right. seeing learning more about that other side of his family and learning more about my grandfather. But that hit him hard. And, um, I think that did affect him in many different ways as a father. Um, and I, I, he, I feel like he still has some work to do with, with addressing that fact that he didn't have a relationship with his
0: father. And you bring a good point up because like you were saying, your dad did what he thought was the best version of what a man was supposed mm-hmm. to be. But I think he did it also without mm-hmm. that that um, firsthand experience, you know. So he probably did it based on what he saw on TV, what what America television or social or, or media, right? Not social media back then, but you know what America tells us a good dad is, you know. Um, so that that I mean, it's dope. It's dope to get that perspective sometimes because, yeah. like, so often you hear about oh, I don't have, I didn't have my dad, so I just fi- I just figured it out. Well, somebody else also just figured it out, but then. It's like it's like um, you're always evolving. That's that's that's, the, that's what's dope about parenthood to me. You you study evolving. So even if you got the best parents in the world, you should then be better. You know what I'm saying? Because you should take the the pros from that, whatever cons you feel like you had, and you be better. And you continue and you continue and continue and you continue. So I, I don't doubt that when you know you do take that step into fatherhood, um, that you know you'll you'll be two, 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 two to ten times better than your dad, which probably hard to do anyway. Probably still hard shoes to fill.
1: Most definitely, most definitely. I I think you brought up a good point with understanding, you know, it's having that balance because sometimes I think we're really at that age where we can focus so much on these are the things that my parents got wrong. Right, right. Instead of understanding that this is what they was working with. Mm. Because now I'm at the age. Now I can think back when they were my age, and I'm like, they was really trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot that they just – it was just working with, you know, they was just doing the best they can, you know, so me being at this age and having the experience that I have, you know, I definitely have more patience and understanding um, based upon where they was at.
0: I think that's dope too, like when you think about just the fact that you put, I and mean, you compare yourself at, at your age to where your parents were at that time. Um, it's, it, that's also like a good, not a good, cause I know comparisons are a thief of joy, but it's also sometimes a dose of reality sometimes. I know we don't like to think that because we use quotes for what we wanna use them for sometimes, you know, like we'll use a quote to make ourselves feel better about a situation. Right, right. Or to make ourselves feel right about a situation. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a quote like a coin. It's two sides to it, just depending on what side you're standing on, you know? And I think that um when you compare like to what your parents were doing at that age, you kind of you kinda can of navigate whether like I'm doing okay or you get more props, like, damn, they were really it was serious. They loved us. They really tried to do their best they could, because here I am doing XYZ. And at this time, at that age, they had this this not going on. This going on, this going on. Made this decision. So yeah, I do and I think Times also, Times helped with that because we under a little less pressure now with certain things in society norms. Um but I know back then it was kinda harder to just get by with certain things, just based off the color of your skin on type of stuff like that. So um what about I know you said that you got a younger brother, so you the oldest? Yeah. So that had to be hard as well because like obviously wanting your dad there and then also like having to figure it out because there's a teenage, I don't know what years you were talking about, but I'm assuming teenage years, 10 to, you know, I'll say 10 to 17 years old, that, that time when you're thinking you need, you need guidance, whether it's talking to a girl or, you know, whether it's just um, trying to navigate how to handle a situation at school, whatever, um, deal with prayer pressure, you know, all these types of things. But then you got a younger brother that, um, no, you have to serve as that. So you kind of got to trial and fail your own to make sure that he's okay. Right. Like describe your relationship and how that how that is.
1: It was complicated because we were adjusting to being in a military family. Hmm. Dad is constantly going. Uh, mom is basically trying to fulfill both roles, uh, and then also with me being a older brother, there was level how do we have this brotherhood but at the same time um, my, my brother is looking up to me in a sense you know what I'm saying so there's this emotional pull from my brother that I believe my father should be getting mm. you get what I'm saying and I'm not necessarily equipped um, to provide and that, that did cause some conflict that we struggled with handling, you get what I'm saying? On the flip side with my mom, you know, still trying to learn what this parenthood looks like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and trying to do what the best that she can do. But, um, you know, fell short at times. And it just, you know, it, it made things, it made our relationship a bit difficult at times. But,
2: you know, we were able to,
1: develop some type of understanding with that. There's a lot of adjusting that we're gonna have to do um, and understanding that at the end of the day, we're all we got. And as brothers, we gotta really care for each other and love each other and so forth and and just find different ways to support each other in ways that's best for us, that makes sense.
0: How how many years are y'all apart? Three years. Oh, so it's not even that big of a gap? No. He's, is he bigger than you? Oh like totally. oh yeah, he's taller than me, yeah. He got the too. jeans from my mom's side, I got <laughs> the jeans
1: from my dad's side.
0: <laughs> that gotta be tough too, because I'm pretty sure I, at some point in life, he just started to be bigger than you, and you the, bigger, you the older brother.
1: We didn't have that ego. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was kind of funny, because we knew that, all right, my brother has my mom's jeans, I got my dad's jeans, he's gonna be taller than me. But um, it, it wasn't, we wasn't, we didn't have that type of relationship where we had, we was always fighting and everything like that, cool. physically. Yeah. But we did have a lot of verbal fights, you know what I'm saying? Because we just didn't see eye to eye sometimes, with
0: certain things. So, um, about so I, just, I didn't say I was in Hawaii for a while, then Germany, or oh, you was born in Germany. Yeah. Um, so talk, talk about all the places you went, and then like, kind of navigate how you got to Augusta.
1: I was born in Germany, we moved to Missouri, uh, moved to Oklahoma,
2: moved to Hawaii,
1: Louisiana, then Georgia. That's I moved to of- Georgia when um, I moved to Georgia, my sophomore in high school.
0: Hmm, that's a lot of moving around. Yeah. <clears throat> How like did that? Did that ever like make you develop like social skills, or you just felt, or, or were you more shy and timid? Like you didn't want to always like.
1: Well, naturally, I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, and I think for me, having that type of lifestyle, I developed some good habits and bad habits. So number one, it got me used to just being a new person, having to just get to know people that I, I just I just don't know. And so reintroduce forth. yourself. Every time. Exactly. <laughs> On the flip side. I didn't have those tight, tight relationships because as soon as I develop a relationship, it was time to move Hmm. or it was time for that person to move. You know what I'm saying? So I can just pick up and just move now.
2: But on the flip side, I
1: don't, I could, I can do a better job with developing deeper relationships with people, if that makes sense. Um, Doing things to, um, Maintain the relationship, and to bring the relationship even further—that makes sense. Because I'm so used to things being at a certain level, and not on a deeper level—that makes sense.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. Because I would think I don't know exactly like, <clears throat> what all like entails when you what, what you're saying, but I definitely think like if let's say the friendship is like ending or something like that, was like on bad terms. It's probably easy for you to be like, huh, okay, you know, because it's like, huh, well, I'm not used to having friends this long anyway. So, and and then and you used to walk away from things. Not not on purpose, but, you know, used to normally knowing, like, this going to come to an end anyway, so I ain't going to get comfortable. That, that gotta, I mean, that got to be tough to adapt to, I guess, too.
1: Not anymore because of my background. Um, I, I'm okay. I want to know why a relationship ended. Hmm. I want to know what did I do to make things complicated or what happened to make things complicated. So... You know, with my background, it kind of makes it difficult for me just to walk away and just shrug my shoulders because something was there. You know what I'm saying? Um, if somebody was hurt, I need to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If things just didn't, if things just fall apart, I want to know what happened. You right. know what I'm saying?
0: You mentioned um, sports. So like, you play sports coming up. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what was your sport of choice?
1: I played, my mom maybe played soccer when I was really young. Um, I play bas a little bit of basketball and I play football.
0: Okay. What what, what position in football you play? I play DB in football. That's funny, I I thought that as well. I don't yeah. know why I, I I don't know why I thought that, but I, I definitely thought you played DB. Who, who's your favorite player coming up? Troy Polamalu and Avery. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's dope. That is dope. Um, <clears throat> I'm a Giants fan, so like, I grew up. I like Tiki Barber and, his, and brother Rondé Barber. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know, you just gave me that vibe. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I, I just thought of them for some reason. I thought defensive back. Um, I just
1: loved the way they played the game, how there was just threats on the field. Definitely. And then there was just hard hit, hitting safeties, you know what nah, I'm saying? For real. Like you just, you had to understand where it was at on the field. So you played like all through middle
0: school and then?
1: I played a little bit in middle school and I played in um high school. I, I was I was not that that guy you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna be one of them guys that, like, had all these glory years um, playing football. <laughs> and then you'd be like why you didn't play in college you and know what i'm saying
0: i like that then because sometimes you will talk to somebody and they will like make you think they was like like that for you hey look i'm gonna start right now look i was on a team okay yeah, that's it
1: that's it <laughs> 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 that's I like, it
0: i like the honesty though People will, like, just start talking about, like, crazy stuff and not knowing they're on camera and somebody's going to say something about it, so. Um, but you mentioned, you know, coming down here and in, in my sophomore, sophomore year, which is we got something in common because I'm from New York, and I moved down here my sophomore year. Um, definitely was a culture shock from what I was used to, from fast paced. but I had visited down here plenty of times, so I kind of knew what to expect. Um, what was your, and I don't know how much you can talk about this because I know what you feel. What was your initial reaction to, like, You went to Cross Creek? Yeah. Okay. What was your initial reaction to, like, the education system down here versus where you've been at? And I don't know if all you've been at was better or, you know, faster pace. But I know people talk about the education system a lot. I mean, when I was a student,
1: I didn't really get too many. I didn't really think too much differently about it. Um, When I was in, I know when I was in Louisiana, um, I went to this one school that was predominantly white. And then I transferred to another school um, the very next year that was predominantly black. That was a huge culture shock. So I went from being in a classroom, predominantly white students, to just about everybody being black. Um, Being in high school here... I honestly didn't. You think. You went to a good school so. though. So
0: Cross Creek is a good school. Yeah,
1: Cross Creek was yeah. a good school, and, it, and it's changed tremendously since. Oh, definitely, we, definitely. Since we've been there, um, but I don't really think too much about the, the school system.
0: You know, it's funny, and I don't know. I, I'm like, because I've been me being around, I, I, I think about things. So I know for a while, people always joked on Cross Creek. You go to Cross Creek, it, it just was a joke for whatever reason, right? But I know like people from Cross Creek, at least back in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13 they used to always hang their hat on, like, yeah, but I, I, I our grades, our tests, like, we smart, I would, you know. So I always knew that school brought some type of um, good educational purposes to my life. And then you think now, I'm not saying that people don't do that, but it's almost like sometimes, and I'm not blaming sports, but, it's like, whenever a school takes on, like, a, these little sports, uh, they start getting these sports accolades, it always seems like the education always seems to suffer from it sometimes. And I can't. I'm not trying to make the two a, 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 a thing, but like you hear all of the negative things about Cross Creek now—the fights, the students being wild. It could it could very much be just because they switching. Um, the fact that you don't have to be zoned to go to that school, it could be that. Now I don't know, but I do know like they're known for sports now. So where they wasn't a couple years ago, so they only had on grades. Now they known for sports, but then you get the see every time you see them in the paper, it's a big fight or it's a gang fight or might brought a gun to school, you know, something that you didn't hear back in the day from Cross Creek.
1: Some things are going to happen in school, mm-hmm. you know, and we can choose to focus on those negative things or we can focus on the, focus on the positive. I do think there's a balance, though. There's two sides. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think we, we do need to talk about the, the quote-unquote negative things that's going on and find out what the problem is and understand what do we have to do to Um, address it on the flip end I I do think we we need to focus more on highlighting students for Mm. the good that they do highlighting teachers because there's a lot of good things that's going on and that does a lot with the branding Mm -hmm. of the school so I think branding of schools is very very important um, with whether what people are doing within the school and what the district is doing to help brand new schools as well. Um, because if we don't, I think we have a lot of platforms to highlight the fights, to highlight all the things that's going wrong. And we got to kind of
0: counteract that, if that makes sense. No, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> like, I think that um, that's, the, that's the purpose Like what I do. I try to like push a lot of positivity. But then I know it's some platform that they kind of, their they job is to tell the news. And news to them is only negative. Right. Like, to some people, news equals uh, uh, anything violent, anything with the cops involved, not necessarily like, hey, you know, this person got a scholarship. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. certain news outlets that's only going to post negative news. Right. And then you got, you know, that, that's that's what sells a lot of times. So you go to the people page and their platforms, normally those type of platforms got all the viewership. So, got, so that's what you see, because everybody's sharing it. So if for three weeks straight there's been a fight at one school and they keep, uh, writing about it, the the average mind gonna say, "Oh, this school is bad." They've been they've been fighting all all year. Exactly. You only see three articles, but they've been fighting all year. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, it's one of them things where you, you, it, media does have a voice, especially in today's in today's climate where everything is we get news like firsthand from Facebook, which, you know, give a take. what you care about that though. But most definitely. Um, tell tell me about your high school, like I know your experience there and just whether it's sports and just educational and, what, and what, what led you to go to the school you went to after high school?
1: High school, man, high school, I don't even know what to talk about with high school, man. High school was um, overall decent experience. Um, I went to a community college. I went to Georgia Military College and basically I went there because I just felt like it would have been more convenient financially, and it would have been more convenient as far as you know, the smaller classrooms and the, the different things they say about community college. And plus, with me, after I graduated, I went to the Army Reserves so I could have um, more financial assistance and so forth, have a little bit of money in my pocket. Um, so that's why, I chose, that's why I chose that route. And I went to Gus University. Um, got my bachelor's in social work, and got my master's in social work from
2: uh, the University of Alabama, and went
1: to Fort Valley for school counseling.
0: Okay. So, <clears throat> what 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 made you not go like into the military? Being that you got the parents in the military, like like full throttle.
1: At an early age, I told myself I wasn't going to do the military because. I, I just didn't like the lifestyle my dad had, mm. you get what I'm saying? And I just told myself at an early age that I didn't want to have a career that, that's going to have me be going so often, you get what I'm saying? Um, but the armed reserves, I just, I just did it for the benefits, you know what I'm saying? So I don't have to struggle so much with college and, 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 and so forth.
0: So <clears> – <throat> What, what, what were your parents' thoughts? Did they want you going to go in the military at all? They, they mean, it was strange.
1: you know what I'm saying. I think they was going to support me with regardless of what I chose to do, but you know, they understood why I was doing it. It
0: was f- for school, so What about um in, in college, like what was, like what was that like? because like, like you say you introvert, but what was that social aspect like for the, as far as networking? and when did you find like I want, I want to do this? Like, when did you find some kind of purpose? And was it at school? Was it just scrolling on the internet? Like, where did you find purpose and what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, it took me a while. So that's, that's another reason why I, I did a community college or a Georgia military college, because I wasn't quite sure about what I wanted to do. So when I pursued general studies, it kind of gave me more time to mm. figure out what I wanted to do. So I went on and got my associate. I transferred, and I got involved in some student organization, Black Student Union um and then i started my own organization called the initiative so it was a community service student organization uh we did a lot in the community we planned a lot of um school events to get people involved and it was dope because it helped me develop some leadership skills um network um uh, and just understand what was in the community and then i think that kind of helped me understand that i wanted to get into social work understand things on a community level, learn more about counseling and so forth. And I think that really helped me understand, okay, these are the things I kind of want to focus on. Mm-hmm.
0: So far as <clears throat> the counseling, was there any particular event that happened or was just like your outlook on life?
1: Getting involved with the youth. Uh, when I got involved with the youth, I was, I was telling myself, I don't know what aspect I want to have with the youth or in how I wanted to work with the youth, but I knew I wanted to work with the youth. I knew I was developing a passion for the youth, um, and working with the Boys and Girls Club while I was an undergrad student, that really helped, and, but the social work, it helped me understand different areas to kind of focus on, um, you know, when it came down to youth or the community in general.
0: Speak on like a little bit about your time at Augusta State, because like when I went there, <clears throat> that was my first. I mean, I think that was my first. Um, first time I kind of felt like I knew who you were, and I don't think it was just seeing you on campus per se. I think it was seeing you on campus, but not in a physical form. I think I seen you on flyers or mm-hmm. um, things like that. Am I mistaken on?
1: No, you're not mistaken. Okay.
0: So what did you, What were you? What were you doing? I'm not allowed. In that time, I was I was going to school, probably for the wrong reasons, but I was in school, right? So. And I was almost done anyway, so I was about to be done, so I wasn't there like as part of like the core of like the the alumni per se, but I would always pay attention, and I kept saying, this kind of familiar, and I seen you on Facebook. we were friends on Facebook, like what were you doing home um, you know at Gustav state What was your um day to day I guess
1: yeah, so a lot of my time went to just the organ- the organizing with the student organization hmm. with um putting on like um a poetry show a poetry and art showcase um just finding different things that students were was gonna get hyped about and so forth and also helping students get more involved in the community you get what i'm saying Uh, because downtown there's so many different initiatives to get involved in and i wanted us to kind of be that bridge to help students be more proactive in the in the community and so forth, uh, whether that was mentoring in schools, um, facilitating programs in schools, um, helping the Boys and Girls Club, anything that we saw that we thought would be interesting, we we wanted to be a part of that.
0: Um, they like versus uh, you know the community college and Augusta State. What do you think the biggest difference was, besides the campus size, of course?
3: Um I say the biggest difference was the biggest
1: difference had to be just the culture mm-hmm. in general. You know, I, I think a lot of people looked at the community cause as like a stepping stone to something else. And um uh, when you was at I guess university, you kinda had more of an idea about what you wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um and also, I, I, it was it was less expensive. It was more convenient to me. The smaller classrooms, um, it was more close-knit. I think that was some more of the
0: differences. And when you went to Fort Valley, did you go to Fort Valley or it was online? Online. Okay, that's, that's, that makes a difference for, yeah. for the question I was gonna ask, but um, I do think, me, even me going to Augusta State, I think that um, Augusta State don't get a lot of credit for what it is because, of course, <clears throat> and I'm not against people that, like, you know, love HBCUs or just feel like that's the way to go. Because um, I think those got a certain vibe to it as well. But I definitely always tell people, like, I might didn't want to go to school per se, but the networking I got from there was amazing. And then, you know, like, just think about where we at now in life and people you knew in school and what they doing with their lives now. It's like, you, it, make you, it make you feel like things are real, things are possible. Because I know some people that are successful right now, and I only met them in school, so... That networking aspect I think is the best part. of College for me, it wasn't necessarily going to class. It was like networking and then seeing how hard work paid off for certain people. Or, you know, now I work with just perfect time, you know, you know, going to the right event at the right time, so.
1: Most definitely, man, and I, I, I stayed here because I thought it would be more convenient financially. You know, um, I wanted to stay at home as, as long as possible and be able to save up money and so forth. So it was convenient, but I knew when I was here, I had to be doing something that was going to help me propel to another level. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was networking, um, you know, developing, you know, my portfolio and so forth, I had to do something. uh, And it helped me tremendously when I graduated.
0: So I do want to talk irony here. So is it ironic? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Let me know you're an introvert, but you're also a speaker. Mm. So um, like, tell me how you got into that, Like, being how you are, like, how did you get into like, saying, I'm gonna speak publicly, I wanna, that's something I wanna do.
1: The misconception is introverts don't like people, mm. and that we don't want to, I mean, you have some that's, that would avoid anything like this, and at the end of the day, I just can't avoid it. You know, it, it, it just follows me. I didn't want to be that guy, but I just knew I just had to, when it come to to public speaking, I had to get used to it and not shy away from it. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that it followed me all the time. And I just knew I just had to kind of get used to it and not avoid it so much. Um, And, you know, once I have it, I'm one of those ones. Once I do the public speaking, that's a wrap for me. I got to go home, recharge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's the type of introvert I am. You know, me being at home alone, that's, that's my recharge. I love it. But, you know, being around a whole bunch of people at, at long times, that can be a bit draining sometimes. <clears throat> so we're just finding that
0: balance. Yeah, I know, like, you know, um, so we do a podcast and some time on camera. So, of course, I'm speaking and having a good time on camera. So, you know, you look approachable. And then people see me in the mall and I might not speak to them like, like they think I'm going to speak. i want my kids probably anyway. But, like, I do like that piece. I don't like, like, people just, like, I don't like to be crowded, you know? Yeah. Like, even, even though I know if I'm, I'm in a room, I'm probably going to take the room over if I, if I choose to. But I want to choose to do so. Even, but even if I choose to do so, I want to do that and then leave. I don't want to have it all night. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not stingy, you know? Yeah. Do what I got to do. I want to get on. They ask me, they're like, why didn't you come to the war show? i like, I do really do that. I don't like to be around too many people all the time, you know, because then you, you seem accessible. Um, and I like, I like having a little bit of mystique about myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you like, <clears throat> as I was reading your page and things like that, I also seen that um, you are Ace Ambition. That's something you're still doing? No. Okay, so that, I don't have to ask that, but you, you have started initiatives and in, 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 in programs, right? So tell me about the process of like starting these programs, like the the why behind most of them, and then how much work actually goes into these programs that you have to do and obtain and what goes into it as far as like appearances, speaking, putting the word out there, getting, getting with the right people for these events, hosting these events, throwing these events, and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Ace Ambition was the program that I started after I graduated from Augusta University, and I wanted to start a youth program. Um, specifically for um, black boys Hmm. and what I wanted to do is hold youth workshops um, in spaces that were areas that I felt like um, we needed access to you know what I'm saying so whether it was um, you know financial literacy or if it was something dealing with um, emotional development or, you know, bringing in guys who uh, had their own business, you know what I'm saying, and had them talk to the kids. But it was, a, it was another way to get the community involved to um, help develop the, the kids as well. So you had to find ways to market to the parents, you know what I'm saying? What are some things that a parent is going to see, they're going to say, you know what, my, my son needs to be a part of that. Mm. Um, what about me do I need to portray or present for parents to trust me? You know, because trust is a big thing. Um, who else can I bring involved who, um, will say, you know, my son needs to be a part of that. Uh, so there are so many different things as far as like branding and marketing when it comes down to youth programs and then what's going to help the parent say, you know what, my child needs to continue to go to these
0: things as well. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things. Dude. Something of start, <clears throat> it seems fun, seems cool, but then either the parent, um, I'll say the parent because you can't really blame the kid, but the parent or that family, rather, don't commit to it. So it's like they do it for a short amount of time, but they don't commit to it long enough for it to change or to have any kind of impact. On the kid, and and, and I, it, it could still impact because you know people will remember one speech they had before a person that that they keep that all their life. So, um, I was gonna ask a question about the youth. So I'm gonna keep on that right now. You mentioned like financial literacy, but you also said emotional intelligence, and I thought that that was um just just it it rung out to me. Cause I was gonna ask you about you know the kids today versus the kids versus yesterday, but I don't want to group them like. The kids today are just so much worse than back then because, I mean, who really knows? Um, but how, how much do you think emotional intelligence plays a role in that? Cause I don't think that's spoken about enough.
1: It's, it plays a huge role, and we're, we're playing catch-up in education right now. Um, education is, is now um, realizing that emotional development development is so vital when it comes to... Uh, a child's academic development so we understand that when it comes to social and emotional development there needs to be a component in school uh, for uh, elementary uh, elementary student kids middle school kids and high school Uh, so as a school counselor that's that's my primary role uh, is to get into the classrooms have different conversations but also on an individual level Provide that um, school counseling to help a kid with conflict resolution to help um, a child with some issues that's going on at home. They may be they may have behavior issues at home or at, at school because their parents are going through a divorce. You know, they may have some behavior issues, not be able to focus because, um, you know, their dad is deploying in a few more weeks you know what i'm saying they, they're having an issue with handling that so for me i'm really really focused in in big on the emotional development because learning how to regulate your emotions is important knowing how to talk to a student when you have a problem is, is very important um but these kids now they because as adults, we understand that we have to address that stigma when it comes to mental health. Kids today are more likely to say, you know, I need to talk to somebody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or I need to see my school counselor. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, it's big and, I, and I, I love it. I love it.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned you being a school counselor because I was going to ask that too. Like A lot of times we hear like negative about the kids today versus... And that's every generation, I guess, technically speaking. But you said the kids today are more prone to say, I need help, right? Um, Where do you think that comes from, like, the awareness of saying, hey, I want to speak to my counselor, like willingly wanting to speak to the counselor or willingly wanting to get help from somebody? I think it starts with,
1: and it doesn't have to start with this and doesn't have to end with it, but it, it really, we have to continue um, sharing positive messages when it comes to mental health, um, it's okay to seek counseling. It's okay to talk about what you're going through. It's okay to talk about your day, you know. And if we're able to have those conversations at home, and not tell our kids just to get over it, mm-hmm. um, man up, you know, suck it up. Those are the messages we gotta gotta avoid, so we don't bring that stigma, so they don't think you know what, it's, it's, it's not a good thing to have conversations
0: about this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, talk about that for a minute. Damn, you bring a good point. I like talking to you because you start bringing up points I ain't think about, but <clears throat> man, uh, like, if, if you can, like talk about the, if, if any pros, but the pros and cons of that, that, that term to a, to a young man.
1: So I'm all for teaching boys to be resilient. That's in teaching boys how to bounce back, teaching boys to um, how to address challenges and how to respond to challenges. On the flip side, there's a flip side. It's okay to have those conversations about why this is tough. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to um, acknowledge to your son that, hey, I know that hurts. You know, And when, and when things hurt, we cry. These are the, the responses that we're going to have. Um, and to meet them where they are. And then we can get into, okay, we don't have to stay there. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's having that balance. And I think with men, we are, at the end of the day, we focus so much on being tough. We focus so much on just getting over stuff. And I think that's good to teach about getting over things. But at the flip side, we gotta get some stuff out. You get what I'm saying? We gotta have those conversations. We got to do a better job with showing up for each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You should be able to feel like if I have if I call my guy up, he's not gonna just say, "Man, why are you crying?" Like, man, just get over that type of stuff. Well, I have a moment right now. I'm having a moment. I'm 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 having an issue with understanding how to respond in this moment and displaying or um, displaying some empathy means a lot. You get what I'm saying? Being mostly present means a lot. I'm going to clap it
0: up for you real quick. Great, great affirmation. I like that, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, what if, I know you said, man, uh, Um, get over it. Which I guess is it's essentially kind of the same, but that's more like, you could say that to a, a, a female or a man. Um, what are some what are some, I guess, terms that they maybe can substitute? that? Oh, not terms, but I guess besides the, the sitting them down and, and kind of addressing it, what are some ways or some habits they, or some, something they can use to get out of those habits, of using those terms? Because sometimes it's just embedded in people because that's what they were told when they were younger as well. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> checking in. Um, if something, if your child is having a moment, you know, getting in the habit of developing that space to where your child feels open and free to express themselves in a non-judgmental way. You get what I'm saying? Um, If your child is having a moment, what's going on? Let's talk for a minute, you know? And sometimes you may have to go back to the conversation. You may not get what you need in that moment because that, that your child is having a moment right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think the biggest thing is just checking in. You know, if your child is upset, you know, do you have an understanding why your child is upset? Do you know what triggered that response your child is having? I think that's, that's, that's important.
0: So I know that you said, um, not said, but I know that you are also a personal development strategist. So tell me, I'm saying strategist, I'm sorry in my voice, but tell me what that is and what that means and why it's important to have uh, that particular. Um, Dynamic with people.
1: People have desires, they have goals, and they have challenges. And sometimes we have moments to where we don't necessarily know what the next step is. We don't know how to actually get there. And sometimes we just need somebody to walk with us to obtain whatever it is that we have a desire for, have a preface for or whatever the challenge that we're having. And my job is to help people along that way. You get what I'm saying? So it's asking the hard questions. It's having a, helping the, the, the person have an understanding about where they are currently at. If you say you have a challenge, well, what makes this a challenge? You know, if you have this goal, why, what is it about this goal that makes you propel to want to strive for that or achieve that? Um
0: I think that's dope. Um, now <clears throat> in addition to all the stuff you do, I know you school counselor, I know you speak, I know you got your own initiatives and stuff going on. Um, how do you find a balance with all that stuff, like counseling, then um being there for the community in, in your way. I wouldn't I don't know if you wanna call yourself an activist per se, but I know like that's a term, it's like a, a a vague term, but it's a lot of umbrellas under that. But you know, being in the community, being in the school system. I'm um, being there for your family, being there for yourself. How do you balance all of these things? Cause that could be heavy as well. And then you kind of give life as you speaking to people, you speak positivity. Um, but I'm pretty sure you have your down days or your days where you're not feeling it. How do you juggle all of that? Balance is always a struggle.
1: Uh, balance is always something that I have to go back and reflect on because I'm also married. Uh, And I also have to make sure that all my time is basically my wife doesn't feel neglected, you know, and that my priorities are not being neglected as well. So, what are my priorities? Am I fulfilling those? If they're not being fulfilled, why is that? You know, um, Ace Ambition, I'm not doing anymore. The Mm -hmm. podcast, I'm not doing anymore. So, those are some examples of sometimes things, the chapter just ends, and sometimes you just have to stop things or pause things um, so you can focus on other things. When I'm in school, school takes, it's very, very time consuming. I can't do too many things while I'm in school. Get what I'm saying? And I'm okay with pausing things, you know what I'm saying? I think some people, they may not have the luxury to put things on pause, right. but some people do have the opportunity to say, you know what, let me just put this on pause. Because if you are good at what you really do, if you have the opportunities, if you have the, the resources, I say, why not pause for a minute? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that you quit. It doesn't mean that you fail. It just means that you have an understanding that you can't do all these things at one time. You may need to put that on the
0: back burner real quick. That's a, um, a very interesting perspective too because I was thinking as you was talking like, and like you said, things pause or stop, though you know. But I also know you was like you know, most of your life, when you, as you came into something, you also knew you had to walk away from it. So I wonder if that has conditioned you to like be okay with the pause or be okay with, hey, this is gonna take the backseat for now because I gotta do this. A lot of time when you move, it was for a reason. It wasn't like you just wanted to move. You had to go because that's where life was taking. Um. So I think it's sometimes it's funny how we look at like our childhood memories and things we, uh. I came across um, during our younger years and how much it impacts our adult life as well. Cause it helps us all hurts us with decisions, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you struggle too, be, what you have in a, a
1: podcast, you know, is that balance with the environment's reaction as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bobby, when we got to have another episode, you know, that, that never gets old. That, yeah. that, that holds a lot of weight. If you got a lot of people asking you, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, how do you have that balance with, yeah, I know everybody's asking for this, but I got this I got to focus on as well. Yeah. You
0: know, it's funny because I'm kind of going through that now, and, and I was um <clears throat> having to deal with some things, and I, I I remember talking about my podcast and stuff like that, but, you know, with other things in life you have to do or address, I I think the dope thing you said was, you know, not wanting your wife to feel neglected. A lot of times our personal life will feel neglected because we're putting so much into what could be on what we're doing. that yeah, we don't take that step back. I know I'm, I'm very guilty of that. I won't take the step back to be like, okay, you kind of more, you more important than this, so I need to focus on that. But in my mind, I might just see the end goal, or I might even go, but I might see the potential in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gotta be consistent with this. I gotta do this, I gotta do this. So we preach all this consistency, all of this. But it's like, okay, but where's that in what matters in life also? Most definitely. You know? Um, so I, I struggle with that not with not with fatherhood definitely but just my personal life I think I'll put relationships and all that stuff on the back burner and I'll be doing this but it, sometimes that stuff uh, it means so much to your life and it's such a big key important fact in your life that you gotta take that step back and really think about you know what's important at the time so
1: yeah I think people are waking <clears throat> up to that you know because when I started Ace Ambition I got into the the grind don't you know, don't well, sleep, don't you know what I'm saying? Sleep is for suckers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sleep when <And> I'm dead. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I got into that because I really, we, you really want that, that level of success. You want the results, you know what I'm saying? And I had to realize that, you know what? Man, that ain't healthy long-term, you know what I'm saying? Because the relationships, my marriage, you know, my friendships, all that stuff means a lot. But on the flip side, yeah, you need to continue working hard and put it forth that time. But man, you're only one person. You mm. know what I'm saying? You, you mm. still got to have, you still got to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Is this behavior healthy? Yeah, you're getting the results, but at what cost? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's something that we got
0: to, we got to constantly ask ourselves. It's funny because, you know, in business, <clears throat> you know, they, 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 they have it easier sometimes because, I say easy because weekly, uh, monthly, yearly, they could easily look at their P&L statement and see what they got to focus on, what's important, what's this. And us as humans, you know, I, I'm not saying we we don't have it, but we might need to take their time and check our P&L statement as far as, like, relationships, um, emotions, life, uh, people that are important to us, put that on a P&L statement and see what we profit and losing versus what we're doing. A lot of times, you know, you have a, a business, they'll, they'll know, okay, well, cool, we got to cut hours this week. We, we got to because if we don't, we ain't going to make this for a plan, whatever. Well, you got to have a plan with somebody, a plan with your people that you love, you know, your, your, your loved ones and the things that matter, whether it's your marriage, relationship. And uh, you got to see what you got to draw back on so that you can give them more, you know? And I don't think we do that a lot of times. I think we yeah. just go. We just go. Always yeah. go to where sometimes what we celebrate it, and, and sometimes what we celebrate it ain't, it, ain't always longevity. It ain't always love. It's just a celebration. It's simple. Exactly. But that person that's really, you know, there for you, and that when if anything stops, they still gonna be there for you. They'll build you up. Yeah. You neglect for the celebration, you know, for the praise. But you know, you gotta really look at your your P and L statement. I have to. I'm gonna have to find out what P and L gonna stand for. But I'm, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, get it yeah. right.
1: <laughs> Let me know when you find out.
0: <laughs> People and loved ones. I don't know something like that. But yeah, man. Um, another dope session. Uh, but you you also an author. So you writing books?
1: No, I'm not writing any books. Okay, but
0: you, but do you write?
1: A little bit, man. Okay. On, my, on, my, on, on my own, on my own, just is right. But as far as me being a big writer, I, I wouldn't consider myself a big. I was
0: writer. gonna ask that. I was, I was curious because any times my said they author or I feel like they have any, you know, writing credit. Like what goes into a book? Because books seem like it's a lot of words, mm-hmm. a lot of, it's a lot to go into that. I think anybody I know that said they would come up with a book. Like I mean, I'm not saying books are fake. I mean real books though, not this in the but like you know, the lengthy books, some 150 something pages books that seemed like a lot of work. I don't know how, that's a lot of dedication. A lot of, that's a lot of reviewing, a lot of editing. That's a, that's a lot to me. Man, it take me a while just to do a paper, man. You know, for school, bro, you know, like,
1: that's, that's just, uh, who knows, you know what I'm saying? But right now, I, I ain't, you know, when it comes down to writing a huge book, that ain't on my timeline.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, Let me ask you this, because I know, I know the bulk of what we talk about to be some of the screenshots I got, but, um yep your man's i put man slash woman perspective but i think your perspective on men and women um are interesting i have to ask you a question i know i'm pretty sure answer cause just talking to you i know it um a lot of stuff you talk about when it comes to those um that type of content whatever or subject um it, do you fully believe in the stuff you're saying or is it like I don't want to say pandering, but that's the new term that people say. Like you just kind of, okay. um, it, like the stuff you say, um, is that your belief, your actual thoughts? Are you like, um, doing the social media game? I'm, I'm asking not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious because you got some people that say things, but they don't mean what they say. Mm-hmm. They just be saying whatever. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a gauge on,
1: Dominique. Yeah, what I post is is what I what I believe. You
0: know. Um, Before I get into the questions, I want to talk about the podcast. So you had the podcast when men open up. Mm -hmm. What what uh, what? And how did that come about? How did you meet the co-host? I don't think name is Dexter. Dexter. Dexter How did you meet the co-host? What was the mindset then to to do the podcast? You know. just kind of talk about that for a minute.
1: Me and Dex, we knew each other um, in the community, and we just thought that, you know, there needs to be more conversations about um, some of the things that men typically avoid talking about. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to have some sensitive topics related to men, Um, and that's why we named it When Men Open Up. So there, there are some conversations that we're probably not used to having amongst ourselves in on a deeper level. And we wanted to use that podcast to uh, talk about some of the areas that, we can talk more about some of the areas that we probably, there are a lot of misconceptions about and so forth. Uh, that, was, that was the purpose of the
0: podcast. When, when y'all would do the episode, like what, what kind of research and strategizing went into each episode? Like, cause I know, I know, y'all, y'all just—I sh- could tell from watching, y'all just didn't show up and say, "Okay, I'm talking about this today." Put the camera on. Let's go. Like, I'm pretty sure had to, you had to—you had to come up with your own kind of points and, and things you wanted to say, um, whether defining th- certain um terms and bringing certain terms to fruition. Um, like what what preparation went into the episodes? One
1: example, we might see something that trend, you know, and we wanted to see, okay, what? How can we take this and take the topic um related to men. You know what I'm saying? So we see something and we see something pertaining to how guys um respond to um having sensitive conversations amongst each other. You know what I'm saying? Um and then we'll 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 research, we'll look up some articles and so forth. We'll talk amongst ourselves. Um but sometimes we'll just take what we feel like um, people are kind of struggling with as far as their mm-hmm. perspective on this own particular topic. And we'll
0: just take that topic. Okay, that's dope. You know, I remember, um, so uh, I'll be transparent. I remember when, when it first came up cause I, I'm a, I'm a I, anytime somebody say podcast, I watch it, especially on a local level. Just cause I, I feel like, no matter where you at, like I did it for a while, but I feel like somebody approach might be really good. You might be inspired by the approach. You might be inspired by their content, preparation, um, verbiage, how they speak. So i watch everybody's. I don't care if it's horrible or if it's really, really good. I'm going to watch it just because I want to learn. And that's how I get better. And I remember back at, the, at that time, I would be so protective of the podcast space that if, like, and when I first started, and I think Ken making shout out to Ken making because he's a dope individual. Yeah, that's I my mean, guy. I mean, he texted me. That's my guy. I think I might have alluded to maybe calling it like a live show instead of a podcast. I don't know. It was something like that. I remember he texted me. He don't only text me like, stuff I say, he just let it fly. He was like, hey man, I'm not gonna lie. You know, there those some good guys over there. You need it. W- I, w- I would like you to take some time and actually go watch more. Um, cause I think you kind of have a preconceived judgment of what it is based on what you think and you're seeing. And he was right, I went back and watched the episodes when like the page, I went and got um, made sure I got notified every time I went live because I'll be at work, it was COVID. So mm-hmm. I'll be at work. Um, and I'll be watching it or listening to my AirPods. I'm like, okay, I like this. I did think too, demographic wise, this is funny because it's called when men open up, but I feel like women want to know a lot about that for their own purposes, right? I don't know how, what, what, y'all, what, what y'all data has showed y'all, but when I would see it or see it get shared a lot, it'd be a lot of women sharing it.
1: Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest surprises because we had a conversation, we had conversations to where it felt like women could just sit in and just listen in, you know, and get more of a feel of how guys think Mm -hmm. instead of how they think guys think, you know, cause we we can have this preconceived notion of how men are going to respond in certain situations, how they feel about certain situations, but to actually listen in on those mm-hmm. conversations, it means a lot. And it can be helpful for women as well to have more of an understanding about our issues because they have sons, they have nephews, they have uncles, they have a husband, they have boyfriends. So that can help them out as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, as men, I think sometimes to a fault we uh, criticize, and, and it's gonna be some of the stuff you had said when I read it. But we criticize, or we 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 cry without crying. Like we'll be like, nobody understands me, you know, or you don't get it, you know, you didn't ask this, or you don't know what it's like to be a man. This, that, and third. But really, we're not saying it either. We're not really breaking down our day-to-day mentally what we going through, what this means, like what that means when this person called me and said they need me versus this, that, and third. It's a lot of things that don't be broken down. Um, But I also feel like when women get to watch that, I think at the time too, they watch two guys that um were in tune with the emotions. And I know you have a, I'm not saying you have a vendetta. I'm not gonna say a vendetta, but I I know I do. So maybe I do. I don't know. But I don't like a lot of the male-driven podcasts that 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 they kind of go to whatever um society. I don't know. They 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 don't develop their own thoughts. Their thoughts are on. They have thoughts and they speak on things that they haven't even took the time to sit in, sit in and sit with or um, experience. So they're saying what they think they should say. And then what happens is it, it, it goes viral. And then women are now thinking that all oh, guys think this way. When really this guy don't think this way at all. He just saying whatever, because microphones in front of him. And I like the job podcast because it was two guys that were in tune with what their emotions were. So a lot of y'all... Um, feedback and 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 questions and and answers to those questions were from a real place and from a a growing place as well. So that's the only downside to something like that is you're getting genuine from genuine. But if as a woman, if I'm taking from that or a man if I'm taking from that and I'm not genuine myself yet, it don't matter. Or like if they learn something from the podcast with y'all, but the person they're dealing with isn't genuine yet or isn't real with themselves or in tune with their emotions, it ain't gonna matter. You know what I'm saying, like yeah, it's it's almost like they, they probably feel like that don't work. It does, but it didn't work for that person because he wasn't ready to receive whatever right. you got from that. Um, but I definitely thought that y'all podcast was when 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 you know I do it with my own podcast, so I didn't really see when it when it stopped. But as I go back, I'm like, damn, okay. And when, when it, why did it, why did it stop? What was the reason for like not like not continuing?
1: I wanted to it was the end of that chapter. Um, I wanted to focus on some other things um, as far as school. um, And it just, it goes back to the balance. Um, I didn't want to do too many um, different things. And also there are times where that chapter just ends Mm -hmm. and that's okay, you know what I'm saying? Um, And that's what that was with that certain views change. Um, there was a lot of growth, and that was something that I didn't want to continue on, if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I, I personally feel like in anything in life, when, whenever um, you know when something is not for, for you more. like, mm-hmm. the job is done here, we move on from there, go. But like you said, sometimes, even in life, you feel like it's a chapter ended. Um, but the book is still open, so we never know. Like, if a post will come back around, it'll come back around, like anything else. Um, I do want to read some some posts, and um, I'm probably actually going to order. So the funny thing about this is some of these screenshots, I'm looking at that date when I screenshotted it, it say March 30th, 2023. So that'll tell you how long like I've, yeah. I've, I've been. Yeah. Some say 2021. Um, so I'll read the post, and then we just kind of, you kinda, you kind of have a conversation about it, and we we'll go okay. from there. It says, um, Using humiliation and embarrassment is an ineffective and poor parenting strategy to address behavior. It's similar to using physical punishment to teach a lesson. Both forms of punishment are harmful, doesn't provide any skill development or understanding.
1: Yes. So some, unknowingly, um, you'll have parents that will use um, humiliation to address a certain issue in a child. So for example, um, one of the things that we may see a lot is you'll have a parent who will uh, embarrass their child, they are recorded, and then they'll post it on social media. Mm-hmm. What, there are a lot of things that's going on. You're know, you embarrassing the child in public, number one. Number two, you're using anger and frustration uh, because you want the best for your child, you want your child to succeed but the way you're going about it is bringing more harm than good to the child. So for me, that's an ineffective way to address the issue in the child. And then you have to ask yourself, what are you really teaching the child? You know, when we want to address the issue, what do we want the child to leave with? You know, as parents, we're going to, we're going to make some mistakes. We're not going to get everything right, you know, but I'm, definitely not for humiliating the child in public. Um, and I'm also not a big on physical punishment as well.
0: Yes, same here, I'm not. I'm not I think it's, um, <clears throat> I think you, um, I think it's like sometimes lack of challenge. Parents don't want to challenge, sometimes like I said, they do they they do they mm-hmm. they're doing what they know, they're doing what they saw, doing what was done to them. But I think it, 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 you realize the greater challenge in not doing that and trying other ways and then seeing how effective the ways can be. But you got to try it first, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think the commitment issue to, like, saying, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to try it this way first. Right. Is a challenge for a lot of parents because they'll try that. And then they end up slapping the kid because they, they can't do it no more after a couple hours or a couple of days. Yeah.
1: So, and, um, and the response is, and you might get <clears throat> a lot of feedback on this part, but the response is, well, I got whooped and I turned out right. You know, and the reality is you did not. Because you feel like hitting is something that is worthwhile, but there is plenty of studies. It's not just an opinion. There's actually studies that show that it affects, it, it impacts them um, cognitively, it impacts them emotionally. Um, they have higher chances of developing anxiety and so forth. So, physical punishment does more harm than good. If anything, I think the only thing that you're really achieving is placing fear on the child, you know? And that's why sometimes you have a response. Let's say you have a child who has behavior issues in school and one of the responses is, well, they don't act like this at home. Well, they probably won't act like that at home because (laughs) they know what's gonna happen at home. You get what I'm saying? So what are we teaching the child? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, they're gonna fear you at home. They may not fear you at school, unless of course the teacher knows that I'm gonna, Contact your parents and then, oh, okay, okay. But they should have the skill set to where they shouldn't have to use that threat, yeah. you know, for your child to behave in school. If that makes sense.
0: Now, that makes a lot of sense. But <clears throat> on the flip side of that, on the flip side of um, what you just said, um, then you also have parents. They're like, um, oh, not parents, but teachers. They won't want to call the parents because they know that the kid may be getting. Beaten off, you know, hit physically, and then now um, that parent isn't calling you because the child's acting up, which then sometimes the child just act up more now, you know, because they they gonna take advantage of that mm-hmm. because they, teacher that teacher knows that they, they fear home. I had a, um, it's in the '90s, I think it happened. I was talking to a guy who went to school with somebody. He says in high school he did something. He was not a bad kid, just did something. He gonna call your your father, or whatever. And the, the, the kid was like, no, 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 don't do it. Teach, teach that anyway. And I guess the father beat him to death when he got home. Like, just beat him to death. And I remember, like, looking up the case and all that stuff. And I remember geez, him saying the teacher, quit, because the student just felt like it was her fault. Mm. And, I mean, I, of course, I'm not, put, not going that far, but it, it's a lot of situations like that where people are like, I don't feel like that's right, so I'm just going, you know, I'm going to back away from this. I ain't going to call you, and you have teachers that give up. I had a teacher on last week who said, uh, uh, the, a the parent told him like from nine to four that's your problem, mm-hmm. and his his thing is well I ain't calling her again, and that might not be the right approach, but I understand that approach, mm-hmm. but at the same time a parent not understand like you're really blocking that development of your child or what the relationship they can have with the parent and teacher to develop your child because now you're you 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 really really harming him in a way because now he can't get taught or reprimanded the right because 'cause they're scared that he's gonna get hurt for real. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah, it's so many dynamics to that. What you said, that it that's is. crazy. Um the fact that we still equate people with lower incomes with lacking motivation and ambition is crazy. Uh, from twenty twenty two.
1: There's a common misconception that people are living in poverty and people are poor just because they lack motivation
2: and what people are
1: unconsciously doing is that they are blaming this large group of people for their circumstances. And that's not the case. You know, there's studies that show that if you was born Poor, you are more likely to remain poor. You get what I'm saying. And what we have to do, we have to do a better job with understanding the financial crisis in America and why that is. Before we get into, well, people are poor because they choose to be poor. No one likes to be poor. No one likes those circumstances. The fact of the matter is, a lot of people who are living in those circumstances, they are doing the best they can to to survive, you Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? And we have to ask the question, why is it difficult for people to move out of poverty? Instead of just blaming people and say they just don't have the motivation, ask yourself, do you understand what it is about the the community, about the environment, about this nation that makes it difficult for people to move out of poverty? And not just use your own self, because that's something that we like to do too. We have to use our experience where well, I was poor and look at me now, well, you're just one person. You don't represent the majority of those people. And then sometimes when we talk about our issues, we talk about them from a privileged standpoint. Mm-hmm. We don't bring up, we had family members that helped us out. We don't bring out the resources that we had. We don't bring up the things that was put in place for us to help us move out of that circle on that, that situation. You get what I'm saying? So. I'm not a fan is to look at somebody and say, well, they just
0: poor because they lack motivation. It's, it's more complicated. It kind of go back to what you were saying earlier too, um, with people, when, when kids, um, you know, when parents beat their kids and they say, well, it happened to me and I turned out okay. All that's literally subjective. Cause mm. first of all, did you really turn out okay? That's number one. And then also what's your definition of okay? Yeah. Cause your definition may be different than what a human being okay actually is, you know? So, a lot of stuff really be perspective and just about how you view things. Um, This is funny to me, but it says uh, seeing people deny science, but will follow a person that never provided resources for their claims.
1: So, we got to use critical thinking before we start following somebody. We have a lot of influencers, and, and because we lack this critical thinking process, it's hard for us to decipher what information is something I need to take in. But on the flip side, even if you do take in the information, we don't even have a process to understand, is it credible? You know what I'm saying? So when we have something when we when somebody when you're following someone, what are they claiming and what sources are they using to back up their claim? And that's something that we gotta get in the habit of. You get what I'm saying? So if I make a claim, I'm gonna be able to say you can look at this source to back up what I'm saying, instead of you just saying, you know, just just trust me on this, just trust me on this. And that's what we do, we make a lot of claims and we just be like, you know, just trust me on this. And it's like, nah, you know, even with COVID, one of the biggest stories with COVID is the anti-science movement. And the amount of people who um, made all these messages about how vaccinations are very harmful. We claim that masks don't work. Mm-hmm. We went through all that. You know what I'm saying? And there's, and there's, there's studies that show that if, more, if we had a higher percentage that used masks, if we had a higher percentage of people who, got, who actually got vaccinated, we would have had less deaths. You know, we would have had less people to get COVID and so forth. So we have a lot of people who believe in pseudoscience, which is not backed by anything. And I think people just need to get more of a habit of believe in science mm-hmm. and not saying, you know what, we're not gonna follow this because it just doesn't sound right to me, my beliefs. It's funny,
0: it's funny you say that because I, as one of my things I had, I wasn't gonna take it out, but you said, unfortunately, if you know the, psychology of pseudoscience and understand how to make certain false claims sound good, you can get tons of flowers. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's that's how I look at a lot of, but you know, it kind of coincides a little bit to a to a sense um, with your take on like, just, I'm gonna say male driven podcast, most of them are male driven, but just podcasts that just people just say anything. Cause if you can say it in a way where it sounds convincing to the average person that's not gonna do no research some people research this podcast. They be like, well, you know, such and such. We heard that, at, oh, a podcast. Okay, well, what, what made this person certified to tell you this information? Exactly. because they put a microphone and they hit upload and had Fi. That's just what, that's what it comes down to. That's what we're up against now too, but I like your perspective on You're that.
1: You're right, people will use that. You know, when, if, if people make a claim, they'll say, you know what, I heard this on a podcast, but what makes it true? You know what I'm saying? And those are the type of questions that we just got to ask when we hear something, you know, what is that person backing up what they're saying? Is mm-hmm. there, are there any sources?
0: Yeah. you know, it's, it's funny. Like you said, people won't, they'll, they'll dispute science all day, mm-hmm. even though they don't most times in science, they done ran this test or ran this theory, hypothesis, whatever, 10, 12, 15 times to make sure it is right. Here you got, somebody got results for you and you, de- you deny that. But somebody you think is cool. Somebody, like they jokes, like the way they 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 half tell you something, you're not gonna deny it, not one time. Not one time. You gonna go with it, A- even as far as you saying to somebody as if it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for you to just you know, take it in, but now you're regurgitating something that you heard. Most definitely, and it's false. But you won't. But you won't even take the time to look at the information from that's science. It. That's it. <laughs> that's crazy, that's, right? That's crazy. But that's America right now. Yeah. It is. Really wild. Um, It's scary. In quotations you got on, but says, but what about what we go through? You said, I believe every brother needs to read at least one book to understand intersectionality and the oppression of black women. I don't understand why brothers will invite black women on their show and they can't comprehend or empathize their experiences.
1: Yeah, so I think one habit that we have um, for men is to view women's issues from our perspective. You get what I'm saying. And what we are doing is we we're, we're, we're looking at women's issues from our privileged position. So it's easy for us to sometimes look at um, an issue and say, well, they shouldn't have that issue. Well, you know you're a man, you know what I'm saying so. It's easy from your perspective to have that view. I think what's important, what really shifted my perspective on a lot of things is understanding intersectionality. So for example, there are things that because you're a woman that, you're, that you will experience. But then there are things that you will experience because you're a woman and you're black. So mm-hmm. that's the intersectionality. So I I really do believe if sometimes we get in these conversations where you know the the gender war conversations and tell me about it. Black men got it worse than black women, and black women got it worse. Instead of just having more of an understanding about what are the experiences for black men, what are the experiences for black women, and then we can have more of an understanding about how to respond in these situations. And I think our approach is terribly wrong um, because we don't have an understanding about you know about how our experiences are different because of gender, how our experiences are different because of um, the color of our skin um, and, and other different experiences. No I,
0: um, I 100% agree and I think that um, I don't i maybe not on social media per se, because I'm like you I, I, I just hate I hate that kind of talk, <clears throat> but in real life, no, but what about we go through? What we go through? I think that's sometimes think mindset. So like, you already, you're not even listening to understand what somebody telling you. You listening, you putting yourself in their shoes, you're right? Like, okay, let's stop. I get that this happened. But let me tell you what I'm going through. Or let me tell you why, why what I'm going through is way more important than what you're going through. Or way more, um, you know, sensitive than what you're going through. Instead of like taking the time to sit back. Listen now, understand it. If you can, like, sit in that for a little bit and then get into you. You'll find sometimes that even in sitting in that, you find problems, to your, you find mm. a solution to your problem than just helping somebody else out a lot of times too, or exactly. hearing somebody else. Exactly. Um, but so often, I think as men, and I think, don't get me wrong, I, I do think that men go through a lot. I think women go through a lot too, but I'm not a woman, so I couldn't tell you to, to totality. I can speak for men because I'm talking to men. I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm, I'm a man, I'm living it. Um, but you know, I think that it's, it's kind of, it'd be asinine to kind of decide who's going to do more because depending on the situation that that can determine a lot of stuff, it's not even necessarily the sex or the race all the time. That's just a a small part of it. It could be the sex and race. Plus you grew up with no parents and then you also Mm -hmm. was in a foster home. Then you also was this, then yeah, it may be a little bit heavier for you because you dealing with a bunch of stuff under one thing. As opposed to you're a black male, and really you don't. You're not saying you had a perfect child, but you had a different upbringing, but you had support. You had this, you right. had this, you had that. You had, you had, you had, you had, you had. You really, you really don't. You're not, you're not the men that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But that person will take that and be like, "Look, I'm a man. I'm going to do more than you." And it's not always true. Um, especially women that deal with things like being touched at an early age, um, mm-hmm. taking it, getting innocence taken from them. You know. Um, trusting family members to do the right thing, and those are the ones that wronged you. Exactly. It's like it's more to just being a black woman. You know, there's other things that come with that sometimes. And not that you're a black woman, just a black woman. Plus, I was raped. Plus, I was molested. Plus, my mom didn't care. Plus, it was my uncle. Plus, mm-hmm. my family knew, kept me around. Plus, plus, you start to look at that. and You're like, okay, well, it's more than just she felt disrespected, or she felt um, unsafe because of this. You start to realize there's more to it than just that. Yeah, so I think definitely. um sometimes you gotta sit down and cause people not gonna wear that. I know it's like um jokes now. People are like, oh, what if somebody wore their body count on their head or whatever? But what if somebody wore everything they've been through on their forehead? Mm-hmm. You know, like it would take that for you to say, okay, I'm gonna listen now. Cause their forehead is full of stuff. Already you're gonna feel like, okay, it's heavy. Yeah. But people don't always wanna wear that. I, I, somebody said somebody said something to me and I thought. It made the most sense and they was young too, and it's crazy, might twenty at a time. When they told me that they said, um, <clears throat> I don't always speak about everything I've been through because minute I do, you just become that. So mm-hmm. not everybody like treating you different, everybody feeling like you're a charity case, so to speak. Everybody wants you to wanna to know if you're okay or they, they walking around on extras for you. I don't want that. I want you to treat me like a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been through what I've been through. I just don't, I don't want to say it all the time because if I do, automatically people going to start treating you different. And right. i really looked at the charity case. I thought like, damn, to be 20 and know that is crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the person had been through. I just could assume, I kind of know from contest clues. It's the last one I got though. Um, yeah, you got like a hundred of them. I promise. The now I'm messing with <laughs> you. I, I, do got, I, ain't gonna <laughs> lie. I do research. I got a lot, but I, I, I'm going I'm to keep it. Because some, some stuff you spoke on as you spoke. So it don't make sense to beat it. But uh, this is the last one, it's funny. No, you good, bro. You uh, good. Bruh, there are way too many alpha male, hyper masculine and misogynistic podcasts. It sucks because these are the messages that are bombarding our boys on social media. As far as men-led podcasts, it's difficult finding a quality, progressive podcast worth listening to.
2: It is. I um, agree. There's, there's, there's a lot
1: of surface, level podcasts that, um, that I believe, and I'm just focusing on men led podcasts, um, that are very surface level. Um, and we have to be careful because our boys are getting these messages as well. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of red pill takes. And what I mean by that is because I understand that's a buzzword right now. What I mean by that is there are a lot of men perspective that are self-centered and surface. So I'm all for men learning how to improve their lives. I'm all for men um, listening to things and teaching other men how to obtain the things that they want to achieve and so forth. On the flip side of that, those podcasts are very, very harmful when it comes to women. Mm -hmm. Um, The way they talk about issues pertaining to women, um, the way they talk about things um, as far as relationships is very men centered. You know, as far instead of how does this look collectively, if that makes sense. Um,
3: As far as
1: the toxic masculinity aspect of it, we have to do more with teaching guys to regulate their emotions better. Loneliness is a big issue when it comes to in America, period, but it's even a bigger issue when it comes to men. Why is that? Um, some will say social media, but at the end of the day, we can, like, like we said before, we can do a better job with being emotionally present for guys. Let's have a conversation about that. What is that like? What was you taught when it comes to expressing yourself when you're having a stressful moment at work, when you just feel like, um, when you feel low because you're not making the money that you want to make and so forth, you know, things like that. Right. Um, but I do, I'm not a fan of the red pill takes.
0: Yeah, me neither. Um, I know a lot of stuff be for clickbaits and views, but I think like. Sometimes that can be, um, it, just, it just, it's not conducive to like what I might be trying to push or what I feel like people are watching it to need. Cause sometimes at that point, when you have these red pill takes and you start to gain traction, you start to gain the fan base too. And people, for whatever reason, they listen to it and they go on, but like that's law. And I think the really the downside to a lot of this stuff is you got people talking about stuff that's not in the position to talk about it. Like if it's relationship stuff, the person sometimes the people that are having these red pill takes about relationships, about women in certain situations. One ain't never been in a situation. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Two, if they know about a situation, they know about it from one one account, and they taking that one account and making it apply to the whole world. Three, that person that's talking about relationships or women might not even be the man that people uh want to be around or women want to be around. So. I feel like if, you are, like if you are a desirable partner that people want, um, then it's fine hearing you talk about that because people like what's, what's desired sometimes. That's a, the that's, that's a thing. So if a guy does look handsome, looks good, so he's desirable on, from, from, on a physical sense, mm-hmm. women going to tune in, but then they're getting bashed or whatever. But if they're not taking it a certain way, like they're not confident, and they're not saying like, oh, he just dumb, whatever, or he just don't know what he got going on, what he doing. Now you got those trying to govern themselves a different way, thinking that somebody that looks like that is gonna get them or, or gonna want them now. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're trying to tell women how to be women. Um, and you got men that's not even real men trying to tell men how to tell women how to be women. I'm trying to <laughs> you tell know you, know man. What I'm and that's crazy as hell to me. It's crazy, man. I try to I try to stay away from that. And I feel like when I do content like that, I try to have women there. And honestly, even that is not the answer because that woman may not be the the woman for that topic. She's mm-hmm. just a woman, but like bringing um, I say I use it for example. But like me bringing you on and say, "Yo, today we're gonna talk about um, selling drugs. You know, cooking cooking crack, and and what to do when somebody uh invade your trap. You might not be the guy for that conversation. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, but oh, but he's a guy. You know what I'm saying? He's a black man. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's not the black man that. That, that fits that criteria. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's, that's what's happening. And people, I had this um, idea, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not. I posted the other day. I said these, these, these microphones and this camera lights and stuff, they like new costumes because people, they get here and they can pick who they wanna be. Like some people, and I, I, I see it all the time, like people will watch mm-hmm. Joe Button go and record and say the same thing he's saying with the same conviction. Same setup, just to appease, get some kind of fan base to so they can say, "Oh yeah, you remind me of Joe Button." But he's decorated when he's doing for a reason. It's successful for a reason. You just regurgitating something somebody's saying. So a lot of times you'll find I I even seen that sometimes. I had podcasts I've been to where I didn't finish the podcast out because as we were prepping, they were listening to other podcasts to get their takes, and I'm like, that's not prep. That's not private. You either got an experience or you don't got an experience. But if it's a multiple guy, if it's me, you, and somebody else, and I'm not versed in politics, I might just ask questions. I'm not going to say, well, yeah, you know, he do this, because the media say he do that. that that's what people are doing, though. And I think that's just, I don't know. You probably got out the podcast game at the right time, because it's hard to be in, because like I said, you have your opinions on male-driven podcasts. I'm not the same, but I'm a male-driven podcast. But what happens is, it's hard to tell people you podcast now. It's like being a rapper now. Like, what'd you do? Oh, I podcast. Mm, okay. You know what kind of guy you are. You know what I'm saying? Like already. Man, you hit on so many points, man. My bad. Um, nah, you
1: good. You good. Nah, you good. You hit on so many points, especially on a, on a podcast level. I still like the podcast game um, because it's just something about being able to facilitate an interview and get people to feel um, safe and feel vulnerable and so forth. And then I still like the aspect of getting certain people's stories out. Um, right, but right. in a podcast game, man, you have to be secure within yourself. And it's so important because if you're not, man, it's gonna always come out in so many mm-hmm. different ways. And, but at the same time, you want results. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not secure within yourself, you are going to be prone to seeing what works for other people, but not having a balance with what exactly you need to take, mm-hmm. you know, from that. You get what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, there needs to be more originality in the podcast game. There are a lot of similarities to a lot of people. A lot of people do sound the same. But that's with a lot of things that we do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so easy to start a platform. It's so easy to to create your own space. But it's so difficult for people to separate themselves from everybody else. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with what is influencing people to do what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like we have to always check in what's really driving you to do what you're doing. You get what I'm saying? Because it might be the reactions that you get from people. If that is, okay, you need to reflect on that. Because if you don't understand how you're being influenced, you're not going to understand how you're going to end up shifting in this type of game in any platform period,
0: not just podcasting. You know, I work in retail, and I think um, something that I take from retail, and I always take what I'm doing is they always say, what's the why behind what you're doing? Like, why are you doing it? You know, sometimes you tell associate you gotta do X, Y, Z, okay, but tell them why also. And I think even when kind of podcasts, sometimes once I know the why behind you doing what you're doing, that'll let me know if I need to watch your stuff or not. Because mm-hmm. you might be doing it just to gain traction and go viral. Well, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I want you to, I want I want substance. Mm-hmm. You know, I want quality conversation. Um, that's what I like for mine. So I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I personally won't listen to Joe Button sometimes for weeks and months at a time because. It's, I like to play music on mine. I don't play the same it's playing song. Play the same song and I don't want to. And subconsciously, you'll hear something. You be like, I like that. I want to. I don't want to do that. So when I'm recording, I try to stay in my own lane, my own zone. And I think um, locally, at least, that's what's always set me apart. Just because it's interview based for the most part, and I'm not like just having general conversation about, you know, let's let's put black women down. Let's let's put black men down. You know, yeah. every now and then I'll address somebody or something like that. But for the most part. I try to uplift and then speak through my experiences, but I always tell people, it's just my experience. Mm-hmm. It's not it don't it don't have to apply to you. But if it applies, that's fine. Um, but you gotta kinda as media, you know, you gotta kinda have that, you know, that caveat of telling people like, hey, look, it's just me, you know. I don't know, it's just me. So yeah, I don't know, podcasting is i like it too. I still like what I do. I just think um sometimes it's a little harder when you when you got substance. Cause people want like microwave stuff. They don't want home cooked meals right now. They want a, a, a TV dinner. Yeah. you know. And I'm a home cooked meal type podcast. So yeah, I they, just kind of do my they like own like that thing. drama. Yeah. yeah, they want the drama. And Now I, I have drama every now and then, but like those don't be my favorite episode. It just be something somebody said, but then what happens is this person want to come on and say they peace. Like uh, that, that ain't what I'm here for. And that's fine. Yeah. So you got to kind of dip on that. That happened a, little week, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So, but that is what it is, man. But. Yeah, man. Um, this was dope talking to you, though. I wish I had my voice. I don't know if you can hear me or not. But nah, you good, bro. Okay, okay you good. Cool, cool. Um, but I wanted to get it done. I definitely think that, um, like, with all you do, you definitely represent um, a percentage of Augusta of black men, one that care, um, and then that's just progressive and wanting to push and and get results from resolutions and understanding. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, you could easily be up here saying like, hey, "Let me tell you about black women ain't shit today." That's kind of what I be seeing sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You have some people that only post, only uh, want to engage when there's a negative connotation involved, you know? So I like what you do. Um, definitely want to see more from you. I definitely just wanted to get your name out there to the city that, you know, you somebody doing something out here and then definitely positive influence to the black community.
1: Most definitely, man. I, and I appreciate you having me, bro. Def-
0: I do going to ask you one question. For That's yeah. cool, man. I am going to ask you, what made you? go bald, cause I know you had hair and I, I met you and all your other pictures you had hair, So, My dad is the reason why I'm bald, okay. um, his, his genetics, but
1: it was his genetics, all his fault. Um, but for oh, me, it was, it was time and I was okay with it. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I didn't fight it. Um, my wife tried to tell me to hold on a little bit longer, but I was like, man, it's just time. I didn't want to be one of them guys. Like Stephen A. Smith, where you just, oh, it's, man. just it's just time, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So But I'm yeah. I'm loving it, man. And other people love the look. So nah, it's, it's dope. real it
0: hey, go with your sweat and everything too. Yeah. Like you really swagged out today. I like that. That's that's dope. That's dope. Appreciate real, it. Real real grown man look. So I yeah, like that, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, but appreciate you, man. Um, more masters podcast. Tell me where they could find you at. Um, how they could contact you if they wanted to contact you. Um, it's your time now.
1: Yeah, so uh, again, my name is Dominique Bond. Uh you can find me on social media. Uh, Dominique Bond, easy find me on there, and if you have any questions, concerns, you can easily get in contact with me or email me at Bond at ymail dot com. All right, man, more masters podcast. We all
2: appreciate you.